You're listening to Canada's Court, your home for all your Canadian basketball needs. Here's your host, Philip Drost. Well, March Madness is underway in the United States, but here in Canada, the madness has already wrapped up. Both the Women's and Men's University National Champions were crowned on March 11th. For the men, the Calgary Dinos emerged victorious over the Ryerson Rams in the finals. And for the women, the Carlton Ravens completed their undefeated season by winning over the Saskatchewan Huskies to claim the school's first national championship. We'll hear from a member of each winning team on the podcast. And first, we'll hear from David Kapinga of the Dinos. He was the tournament MVP for the national championship in Halifax, despite being a walk-on for the Dinos. He joins me on the line from Calgary. David, congratulations and thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you very much. So how does it feel to be the uh, university sports champion? It feels amazing. Uh, it just feels like all the hard work, all the the early summers uh, back in, on campus and the practices, the fights, the arguments with the coaches, with your teammates, all that is worth it at the end. There's arguments with coaches? I would have never thought. Uh, oh, man, <laughs> it happens. It happens a lot. But uh, winning the championship certainly uh, makes it worth it, I imagine. It really does. It really does. Now, before we get into the the championship run, I wanted to talk to you a bit about your uh, journey to getting here because it's uh, quite interesting. Now, you not from Canada originally. You grew up uh, in the Dominican, uh, sorry, Democratic Republic of Congo. And uh, when you were five, you moved to Canada. Do you remember that much? No, I actually, I actually don't, and I'm probably thankful that I don't, just because of the situation uh, back home. It, there's a civil war going on, and uh, a lot of people have to uh, leave the country and have to leave their homes. What did your parents tell you about uh, about that time? Uh, they actually tried to keep me pretty isolated from it, um, but lately they've been talking to me about it a little bit more, and, and uh, I think we're going to make a trip back. Uh, just me and them for uh, as a graduation gift. Okay, and what yeah. was the, what was that transition like for your family? You had a big family, I understand. Yeah, we, yeah, we have a big family. Uh, back then, it was just uh, three kids. Right? So me, and my brother, my little brother, my older sister, uh, and then my two parents. Um, and it was, it was. I think it was fun because uh, when you're a kid, you just don't see like the struggle. You don't. All you're seeing is uh, all your little siblings you're having fun with them, playing games, and and my parents did a really good job uh, with, with with giving us what we need. Um, and and now like you could tell me stories about it of how how hard it was to to accomplish that to uh, to give us what we needed, but uh, they they did it two jobs, three jobs, um, but they did it, and I'm very thankful for that. What was your role in the family? Because you were the second oldest, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was I was pretty much I, I guess the second dad I would say. Uh, once once I started, I, I grew up a little bit, and uh, I was I was taking care of uh, my little brother, uh, making sure my sister was behaving, you know, uh, and uh, just kind of trying to be the role model, I guess, for all the younger siblings because that's very important, especially when your your parents are not from here. They don't really understand the culture, so you're basically the the gap. You're the door between their culture and where they're from and this new culture that your siblings and you are growing up in. 
uh, and it, it was it was tough sometimes, but uh, got accomplished. What was tough? Um, just just really making my parents understand that you know, um, like going out with my friends, you know, things like that. Uh, you know, back home is like, why? Like, did they understand? Like, oh, I want to go out to my friend's house. They're like, why? Why you have everything here? Like things like that. It was hard to make them understand, and at the same time, it's hard for me to explain to my siblings that you know what, there's there's a middle ground of of the things that you want to do and the things that need to be done. Um, do you think but, that yeah. at all uh, affected uh, your basketball game? Maybe helped you with as far as leadership goes. I think it did a lot. Um, so there's there's two things I really uh, keep in mind everywhere I go and with with everything I do. And number one is obviously do the right thing, be the leader, right? Do the right thing, and then number two, be grateful of it. Just because from where I'm from, it's this this what I'm doing right now. It's it's amazing. Like you you can you can imagine being in this situation. I still have siblings that are still back home, and I talk to them on the phone. My grandparents. Uh, they just got away from the country. Now we we uh, they went to another country, um, and they, t- they tell me the stories of of you know how it's hard to get food uh, if uh, ask for money and and things like that. And uh, all those stories it, like really make you see the world in a different different view, different point of view. Um, when things go bad here, you're thinking, oh, you know, I, I lost the game or something like that. Uh, well, compared to someone that didn't eat that day, it's, it's very minimal, right? So that's 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 one of the the big things I took away from from my childhood and how I grew up, and uh, I think it helped the team very much because as a leader, you know they follow you, and 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 the grateful uh, characteristics that I have, everyone start taking, start following that, and and nobody really was entitled. And I think that's that's a big thing that, that that really helped us, especially defensively, right? For sure. Um, mm-hmm. When did you start playing basketball? Um, so uh, I used to watch my my cousin play with his friends in the gym. I, I was about eight, eight nine, so pretty late. Um, but I never really played on a team until I was twelve in Montreal, probably. Uh, that's that's the first time I played on the team, and. Um, I think I was in grade six, and uh, there was two guys on my team that were really, really good, and and I just remember telling myself one day I'll be better than them, and uh, uh, and it's crazy, it's crazy because that that's that was the motivation that I used ever since I was twelve to really get where I am today. Do you that know? I wanted to be to be better than those two guys. Do you know where those two guys are now? Uh, yeah, I know Luol <laughs> is uh, Luai is in uh, Bishop. Lua is a bishop, and then Sobi was at uh, Vanier in Montreal. And neither of um, them uh, won the uh, championship this year. I know that much. <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, so you you weren't. It wasn't always your plan to play for Calgary. Tell me about uh, what your plan was originally. Um, it was just like every kid's dream. It was to play Division One basketball. Uh, growing up watching March Madness. Uh, it was something that you wanted to be and you wanted to be a part of. And uh, and I did everything to really chase that dream, uh, whether it was going to down to Kentucky to play high school basketball, going to prep school in St. Louis. You know, then I went to NAIA in Kentucky to, to try to get my numbers and try to transfer to Division One, and, and not being allowed to transfer once I got the chance. 
uh, coach saying that, you know, I worked too hard to get you down here. The only way I, that I release you is if um, if you go back home. And I think that's when uh, when I talked to my parents. Uh, we, we realized that maybe this this is the sign. This is the sign that, you know, maybe it's not meant for you to go to Division One. But but there's many other doors, like I said, being grateful of uh, the situation. And uh, I think that's, uh, that's how I ended up here. So you had the opportunity to go play at a Division One school, but you weren't able to uh, transfer. Yeah. Take me back to that moment when when your coach said, "No, nah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that." So, um, so the day before, I, I had told my the seniors, the guys on my team, that you know what, I don't think this is gonna fit for me. I can't do three more years of this. Um, and then I, I just had a phone call from. Uh, the coach at uh, Utah Valley University, and they were just talking about, you know, maybe having me down there and what it would it take and all that. And and the situation sounded very well; it sounded very good. So, and I went to my coach and told him, you know, I don't, I don't think this this fits academically. Number one, because it's a small school in in Kentucky, and, and I had big ambitions business wise, and uh, um, I just didn't think it fit right. Um, so I told him that, started with that, and then told him that uh, I just I just don't think this is going to work. Uh, I'm trying to transfer somewhere else. Uh, and then I remember him saying, um, you think you're going to go Division One, don't you? And and I was like, well, it doesn't really matter where I go. Uh, I just don't, you know, I just don't think this is going to work. And I remember him saying, telling me that, you know, you're not good enough right now to, to go Division One. You still need work. And... And I worked too hard to get you down here. You're the highest. You have the highest scholarship money at the school, and 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 all this stuff. And I just remember thinking in my head, uh, I mean, this doesn't have to do with with what I'm telling you. I mean, you should you should be wanting me to get better, to have a better opportunity, which Division One will give me. Um, but that's when I really realized that it was it, it was a little bit more about him than than uh, the player. And that's that's when that's when I really made a decision that you know what, no matter what, I'm not staying here. That must have been tough. Going from one day, you're like, okay, the dreams within my grasp, what I've always wanted to do is there, and then the next day, your coach saying, ah, no. <laughs> uh, immature David would say yes. It was a very very tough tough thing, but that year, I'm very grateful for that year because I grew up, I grew a lot, uh, I matured a lot during that year. Uh, I had a lot of teammates that were 27, and they really taught me a lot of lessons um, throughout that whole year. So when that happened, uh, it hurt initially, obviously, but then after talking to my parents, um, the idea of going CIS to going back home just sounded a little bit better than it did back in the days. Before, I felt like, oh, you know, it's a, I'm failing if I'm not going Division One, right? Um but the more I play in this league, a youth sport, and the more I'm realizing that you know what, this this is very equivalent to Division One. Uh, this is really good basketball. This is really good education. Uh, there's great opportunities here, and uh, I'm very happy that I made a decision that I did of coming back and and not being a, a baby and <laughs> and uh, ponder on you know this is not happening for me. Why is it not happening? And just moving on to the to the next door. But I understand the the next one, even at Calgary, you had to you had some challenges getting there too, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
It never stops. It never stops. Yeah. Um, so what's I got here? There's two universities here, Mount Royal and, and University of Calgary. And uh, most of my friends played for Mount Royal. So they were all telling me, you should come play with us. You should come play with us. So uh, I tried, called the coach, uh, told them, hey, look, this is my situation. Uh, I'd like to come and play for you. And um, the coach told me, uh, we don't we don't have any more scholarships left. Um, so I said, okay. Uh, let's call the other university beside, <laughs> right beside you. Called UFC and uh, talked to Dan. Uh, told him, hey, um, I want to come play for you. Uh, this is what happened. Uh, do you have a spot for me? And again, he said, well, we don't really have a spot. We have three point guards already. But you, you can come during the summers, practice with us, and uh, we'll go from there. Um, to me, I had nothing to lose. Um, and, and, and I knew that at the end of the day, productivity is all that matters to coaches, right? Productivity and, um, and winning. And I knew I had those two things. So I just started going, uh, going to practices. And it was tough that summer because I, I was working 15 hours a day at uh, PepsiCo. So I would go from working from 4 a.m. to, I mean, 7, something like that sometimes. Then wake up the next morning to go, uh, to go work out, to go for volunteering with, with UFC. And then back to work. And it was just, it was just a crazy summer. Crazy, but um, yeah. So during the season, I made the team fourth point guard, um, and then somehow just things started going well for me. One one uh, of the point guards quit. Uh, the other one got hurt. So now there's two point guards. Uh, one started, and I was the backup. Uh, one time, the one point guard that was in front of me wasn't playing well, so coach just had to pull me in. Uh, and I think it was Akeem Bren, Akeem Bren, and uh, I, I just played played very very well. And that's when I think I could see in his eyes, I was like, oh, maybe I have something here. Uh, then we went back home, played Mount Royal, which was the university that said no to me. And I remember uh, having a crazy fourth quarter. Uh, I think it was something like seven steals, uh, ten points. And and after that game, coach uh, looked at me, hugged me, and he said, "Son, uh, we'll find you something." And wow. never looked back since. Wow, that that's got to be that summer. You after all those challenges, was there any part of you that that was thinking, "Is this actually worth it? Is this worth all the <laughs> extra hard work here?" You definitely think about those things, but my parents. Uh, I've never allowed those thoughts to keep going. So they, they would surface. And right after that, my parents would make sure that they don't. Um, they did a really good job with, with really with the stories, right? Where I'm from of making me realize that um, it's better than where I should be, which was back home in the civil war. Right. So when you think about things like that and you, you put things in, into perspective, uh, you, you just think about it. This is a blessing. I, you know, I'm living another day. I get to play the sport that I love. I get to make money, right? I was working. It was hard, but make, get to get to make money. Um, and I knew that just one day something was just gonna click. Uh, and luckily for me, that day came pretty uh, pretty soon after after the summer. How did that feel when that that did finally click and and you were given more of a role? 
Uh, it was amazing. It was amazing. And and what made it so amazing is uh, the friends that I have. Because of this whole process, they believed in me. They were, they were telling me, you, you're better. You're better. You're going to get that chance. You're going to get that chance. Just be ready. Just ready. And even the guys that from my team back in Kentucky, like, young blood, just just wish your turn, young blood. You're going to be, you're going to get it. You're going to get it. And, and yeah, I, I, I kept reminding myself of, of yeah, it's gonna it's gonna happen. It's gonna come, and it did. Awesome. the The sport of basketball must mean a lot to you after putting in all these hours. Oh, for sure, <laughs> for sure. That's um, awesome. Um, now let's go to uh, we'll we'll, we'll go uh, fast forward to this championship in in Halifax. Mm-hmm. What 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 was your kind of thoughts going in? What were you guys feeling like? We're feeling really, really good. Um, and it, it's funny because I know the whole country was kind of uh, kind of looking at us and, and, and kind of laughing and how did they make it. And to be honest with you, sometimes we look at each other and just make fun of ourselves saying, you know, we look like a soccer team out there. Um, but we had so much heart. Um, we had intellect going for us. We watched, so, we watched films on films on films. We... Well, our coaching staff made sure that we were ready. They never slept. It's funny. I knock at their door at like 1 a.m. And, and we call it study time for them. That's what we call it as a team. <laughs> and th- those guys those guys were studying. They, they were studying. Um, and when we find out that we we're playing the next team, that same night we're getting a scout report and videos. And so everyone down from management for the manager to the head coach, everyone was putting their work doing what they're supposed to do at their best and um and obviously that it worked out for us it worked out for us now you guys ended up playing ryerson in the finals but the team everyone expected to be in the finals was carlton i mean i've had people message me all the time saying i can't believe carlton lost what were what was going through your heads when you saw that that happen <laughs> the same thing out of the whole world <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we were watching the game. We made sure. So we stayed for the first half, and Coach wanted us to go back to the hotel uh, for the second half. So as a team, we were all watching it on TV, and um, we went to our rooms for a little bit, and we're all in the group chat. Every every play, there was, there was a text in the group chat. Oh, did you see this? Did you see that? Um, I remember specifically uh, watching when uh, the team um, – had a switch and he had number 11 for Mars and the, the seventh footer. And uh, I was wondering, so what is he going to do? What is he going to do? And he, he hit the seventh footer with, with two hezies in and out, then a nice lane finish with the right hand. And I just remember saying, if Ryson wins this game, this is exactly what I'm going to do. Uh, and, and that's just the thought process that like this, our whole team has of watching films and studying. Like, okay, we're not just watching to see – you know, Ryerson scored, but why did they score? And how can we stop that from happening? And that's one thing that we really take pride in. Um, but yeah, but when uh, Carlton lost, uh, it, was, it was shocking. It was shocking. Your eyes must have just widened right up because that, that was the team that won the championship for the uh, past seven years. They lose, you know, no yeah. matter what, there's going to be a new champion. <laughs> yeah, and um, it was funny because because Carlton has, has stopped us from winning uh, the national championship twice, twice in a row, so definitely we wanted we wanted revenge. But 
we knew that we matched up better with Ryzen just because their guard play was their strength and our guard defense is our strength. Um, and we always talk to each other and saying, if, if the best players on the other teams are guards, we have a really, really good chance of winning that game. Um, and I'm sure you would agree that defensively we were, we, we were on our task. We, we did what we had to do. And, and obviously the, Manny is a great player. Got loose in the second half, went for 24, which is, which is amazing. Uh, but, but the composure that we had, that we learned from previous losses, from playing Carlton twice already, from the season playing Alberta, those games is what allowed us to stay calm while Manny was making that run. Um, and for us to execute on that last play. Well, tell me about that last play, because I understand um, it wasn't you hitting the game-winning shot. I understand you actually, uh, your coach missed a cut on one of the, uh, on that final play when he was explaining it in the timeout, and you had to uh, tell one of your teammates. Yeah, so, <laughs> get in the timeout. So, Manny makes the shot first, and, and I'm looking at my teammates because, because I want to know that, you know, you're with me, you're still with me, right? And none of them were looking down. And I'm like, okay, we're good. We, we won this game. We already won. Because it was 9.5 seconds. We have the ball. We've been scoring every single time down the floor for the past four trips, I'm pretty sure. Uh, and in my thought, in my mind, it was just one more time. We need to do it one more time. That's it. So we get into the timeout. Uh, we sit down. Mommy says, we're winning this game. We're winning this game. Give me the ball. We're winning this game. And and the trust that I have in in Mombi is is great. It's it's he, that's my guy. That's that's my guy. So coach comes and sits down. Give the we're giving the ball to Mombi. No matter what, we're giving the ball to Mombi. So coach says okay, and that's the trust that we have with the coach, right? He 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 saw. He looked in Mombi's eyes and he's like, you know what? We're gonna win that game. And the funny thing is, last year when we lost to Carson, Mombi said next year, give me the ball and we're actually going to win this game. That's exactly what he told Coach Dan Pearson the previous year, which was crazy, right? Like, how things work out, it's crazy. And, uh, yeah, so Coach Jar played that we ran uh, back when we played in Taiwan for a tissue. And uh, me and Mommy were in the same, like, yep, yep, this, yep, this is going to work, this is going to work. So we're getting on the floor, and Lucas is looking at me like, yo, like, what do I do, what do I do? So I'm trying to tell him what to do, but, but I'm trying to whisper it so that the other team can't hear. Uh, and then all I hear is the whistle, ball is in. So I'm like, oh, my gosh. Okay. okay. Hey, Johnny, don't give me a screen because Johnny was supposed to send me a screen. I told him, don't give me a screen because they're going to switch and going to top block me. So I need, I need him to stay behind me so I can grab the ball. So Johnny says, okay. Cuts through to the corner. I catch the ball. I'm like, okay. Okay, turn around. Luke is at the wrong spot. So I'm just yelling, move, move, move. <laughs> and obviously I didn't use those words. I used some other words that I can't really use right now. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's good. <laughs> and, and, but the good thing about Luke is he understands that. So he's just sprint across the court. Mom becomes lost. That's a great second screen. Uh, number eight um, slips. I get the ball to Mombi, and Mombi does what he does best. Takes two long strides like he always does. 
left hand layup. Ball is rolling, and I'm I'm thinking, oh my gosh, it's rolling out, it's rolling out, and somehow the ball went in, and uh, and it was crazy. Ooh. I'm telling you, crazy. just you just you explaining it, I got stressed out, and I knew what was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> what was yeah, it like was when crazy. when that buzzer went and you guys were the champs? It was amazing, but when that ball went in. The only thing that was in my mind was, okay, let's get a stop. We got to get one more stop. And and the difference I think that was with Rice and with us is when Manny hit that three, every, our eyes were like, okay, next play. When Mombi hit that layup, if you look at Rice and players, they were freaking out. And they still had two seconds, which is a lot of time to really think about it. Um, but they were freaking out, and they didn't really get a good shot at the end. And I, and I I told my team after after the game was like the poise that we had, the focus that we had, was, it was just different. It was a different level, and that's what we won. Um, uh, yeah, but when the buzzer sounded, it was all happiness again. It was it was jumping in people's arms, uh, yelling. It was, it was amazing. It was an amazing feeling. It was an amazing feeling. Was anybody from your uh, family able to make it to the game there? No, no. Uh, we live too far. <laughs> that's tough. Did you call him right after the game? Yeah, but but every everyone called me. I, I had <laughs> texts. I made sure, obviously, I answered my mom, my dad first, always. Um, but yeah, they called me and they really congratulated me. And and uh, my mom had this. Uh, I, I had this uh, video. My sister sent me this video. My mom dancing, and it was it was the funniest thing. And and. I just realized the impact that we just made, and not just my family, um, but in at, at UFC, in the community, in in the city, and actually in the province. Because I felt like before the tournament, people overlooked not only Canada West, but the the province and and the city of Calgary. And, and I think uh, I think now they know that Calgary exists and and they have ballers in there. Now at the the beginning of this chat, you mentioned how um, the 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 Division One basketball actually, when you would come to Calgary, you realized it quite it wasn't actually near as um, bad or not bad, but it was it was still at a pretty high level even compared to Division One basketball. Um, mm-hmm. What do you what do you think that says about Canada basketball right now? Oh, it's the growth is is uh, spectacular. Um, I mean. Uh, shout out to the Toronto Raptors for really making that happen because once they started playing well, once they started winning games, kids started following them. Kids started watching games. And kids started wanting to be in those shoes. Uh, so that, that that's what really sparked basketball, I think, the growth of basketball in, in this country, the Toronto Raptors and, and their success. Um, but the, the level is, is very, very high. And, and and people overlook it just because a lot of Canadian kids that are that are very good are going down south, so you don't really hear of them, uh, or, or you they disappear in a crowd down in America, just like I did, right? Um, but uh, but we need we need to really really put an emphasis and really focus on keeping the talent here and really out uh, showcasing that talent uh, because it's it's very good. And and kids don't see that. They don't get to see it. They get to see the Nike YBL, the Ball is Life, right? But there's nothing like that here that would that would really um, 
how would I say it? It would really just put a uh, an ex- exclamation point to to Canada basketball and and showcasing the the talent that we have here. Do you think it's starting to inch closer to being uh, a little more recognized? I think I live in Fredericton, New Brunswick, so I watched a lot of uh, Javon Masters play and seeing guys like him and guys like you who are incredibly talented but playing here in Canada. Do you think that's a, a trend that we might start to see? Oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, people are, are starting to watch youth sports, right? The fact that youth sport was on Sportsnet, that was, that was huge. I got I got many 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 of the kids that that play basketball down here, giving uh, send me snapshots of of me playing. Say I'm proud of you, coach. I want to be just like you when I grow up, and things like that. So kids are starting to see that you know youth sport. You can put youth sport on a pedestal. The playing youth sport is something that that uh, that would be a great experience. That would uh, that you should thrive for. Yeah, and and I think. U Sport is making all the right moves. Canada basketball is making all the right moves to get us to that level, to that point. Now, David, uh, you've got one year left uh, of eligibility. Yes, sir. Are you going to be back at Alberta? You best believe it. Back at Calgary, I mean, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You best believe it. Awesome. Well, we look forward to uh, seeing more from you in the future then. Thank you. You did a great job. I really appreciate the call. That was David Kapinga, tournament MVP for the national champions, the Calgary Dinos. And from one champion to the next, well, the Carlton Ravens weren't able to get a men's championship this year for the first time in eight years. They had nothing but success on the women's side. The Ravens went undefeated during the season and kept that up to claim the national championship in Regina. Elizabeth LeBlanc was the tournament MVP for the Ravens, and she joins me on the line from Ottawa. Elizabeth, thanks for coming on, and congratulations. Thank you. So uh, how does it feel to be a, a national champion? Um, it definitely, It's still surreal. It's, it's exciting, but it doesn't feel real yet. Now, going into the tournament, you guys were uh, undefeated. Would anything short of winning it all been uh, disappointing for you? Uh, yeah, definitely. We we wanted to do this last year, and obviously we weren't undefeated last year, but uh, we still wanted the result last year. We fell a little short, but uh, this year, yeah, no, we wouldn't have accepted anything less than. Now, I've heard two different takes on uh, being undefeated. Some people say, you know what, it gives me a lot of confidence where we can beat anyone. And then there's other people who say, you know what, going into playoffs as undefeated is kind of stressful, actually, because uh, you've got that streak going. What what was it like for you? Um, I definitely think it's it's a bit more stressful because you have a target on your back. So everybody's trying to beat the number one team. And honestly, I, I personally don't feel that it means a whole lot because anybody in this league can beat anybody. So I think at the end of the day, it's just it's just a number. But... Um, it's definitely more stressful. It puts more, a lot more pressure on us. Now, you had won the bronze medal the year before at Nationals. How did that experience help this time around? Um, I think we're, we're definitely grateful for it and uh, the experience. I mean, I was still happy, even though it wasn't what we wanted. It was still something that we'd never done before. But I think it motivated us to, you know, we've been there before. We know how crazy the environment can get, and it just motivated us to go for gold this year. You didn't, you didn't want the same uh, semifinal result as the last time around. Yeah, definitely not. 
Now, uh, before we get to the championship game, I do want to talk about that semifinal because it was uh, quite cl- close. You guys had to make a comeback. Tell me about that. Yeah, it was it was definitely nerve wracking. You know, being on the court, it was it was such a physical game. It was a close game, definitely. Um, I think I read somewhere that we didn't lead the game until like <laughs> that last shot that Catherine got. So there's like 1.5 seconds left. So. Um, you know, it definitely, it was super stressful. I'm like extremely happy that we won it obviously, but I would have rathered we, you know, got the lead a little sooner. <laughs> was there a point during that game where you're like, uh Oh, this could be it. Yeah, it was definitely the, the final minute, um, was really stressful, but I mean, I think we all kind of, we all kind of knew what we wanted and we were all battling, you know, to get that last to get that last shot off, you know, and um, I think a lot of the girls, even though, like, there was that thought in the back of our mind that it could be the end, we didn't want it to be, so there was more drive that um, really helped me to believe, like, we're going to get this done, like, it doesn't matter how much time's left on the clock, like, we're going to get this game. Take me through uh, that last possession for people who uh, might not have watched it. So, um, we throw the ball in, to Jen. Jen gets the ball. She uses the ball screen and uh, looking for Heather, but she couldn't get it to Heather because she had, you know, their bigs on her. So she kicks it to Catherine. Catherine, of course, like is still stuck on the three-point line a little. Takes two dribbles, lets off the floater, and bank right in. And you didn't have uh, time to celebrate. You still had to play. There was still some time on the clock. Yeah, we still had, uh, I think it was 1.5 1.5 seconds left so we were happy but we still had to we still had to guard for that one more second because of course any good team can make a play in such short time and then even after you won you didn't have much time to celebrate because 24 hours later you had to be in the finals what's it like coming off a, a thrilling victory like that but knowing you have to still play one more game it's it's definitely it's hard to focus I think um, because obviously what you just want to celebrate uh, I'm glad we had the 24 hours and it was an early game though so we all went back we watched the other semifinal game and then after that we got more focused so we had our good two hours of celebration and then uh, just had to yeah like refocus and get our heads right for the next game. And then the next day, there was some uh, adversity, too. You guys were down one at half for that championship game. What was your coach telling you at halftime? Um, he was just telling us, you know, we have to stick to the defense, of course. Um, you know, get stops and offense will follow. And, you know, don't be stressed on the offensive end. Be stressed on the defensive end because rushing shots isn't going to help. But, you know, there's never too much effort put in on defense. And then when did things sort of click? Because you guys ended up winning by quite a bit. Yeah, I would say um, like halfway through the third, um, then we, you know, it really everything was clicking. We were flowing. We we kind of make jokes how we're like a third quarter team. But, uh, but yeah, everything just started flowing in that third quarter. So I think it was then that we kind of, we put our foot down. We decided, you know, everybody was on the same page. And then the fourth was just a lot less stressful making plays and getting stops. So you had the big lead in the fourth as we were going into those final minutes. Was there a 
a moment where it sunk in that you were about to be a champion? Yeah, it was still, I mean, it, it was slowly sinking in. I had little moments of like, this is really happening right now. Um, but it was still kind of, I don't know. I still was like thinking like, oh, we have another game. Like, this isn't the end. Like, you know, like it's not over. Mm-hmm. But once that buzzer went, we just went running onto the court. It was so surreal. It still is to me right now. But yeah. What was the uh, fan support like there? Because Ottawa's not exactly close to Regina. Yeah, no. Um, everyone on our team had somebody. Everybody on our team had at least somebody from their family fly out to Regina, whether it be you know parents, siblings, significant others, grandparents. Um, we all had somebody there, and we had a lot of our our supporters here flew out even to come to the game. So it was really nice because it felt like we were in our gym and it wasn't so overwhelming with all the Saskatchewan fans, which was nice. And how, who was there for you? Uh, my mom and my dad came out. And what was that like uh, sharing that moment and experience with them? It was amazing. Uh, my mom was crying. <laughs> um, my dad was super happy as well. And, you know, I think it was it was really exciting because, you know, my, my brother uh, played on the men's team here and she had that experience twice here. And it was just exciting to be able to to be able to, you know, live up and fill his shoes. And um, yeah, he was, of course, blowing up my phone as well. So it was nice. So now he's not the uh, only champion in the family. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what does it mean for you to help help get that first women's championship in basketball for the school it's it's really exciting it's um i don't really have words for it uh i feel like you know we we rose to the occasion and we all kind of knew we had the potential but just making it real was was what we needed to do and i don't know it's just i'm so excited to be able to have done this with such an amazing group of girls that to know that our team will go down in history is just beyond anything I could ever ask for. What do you think uh, made your team special this year? I think that just, we all had the, we all had our common goal and, you know, we're all willing to make sacrifices for that goal and do what needed to be done. Even when we didn't want to, we had the, in the mornings, you have to go get your shots up or, you know, practice. Not everybody wants to practice every day, but, you know, we were all here. And obviously sacrifices in the classroom, you know, sometimes you can't make class because we have a game somewhere else, you know. I think that was the common and we all clicked. The chemistry was unreal. So I think all of that to put together just made our team really special. And then uh, coming off the airplane back home, I understand there was a bit of a reception for you. Uh, when we got back, you mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we had a lot of parents uh, from around here came. We had our athletic directors and the cheer team. Some girls from our basketball camps came. Um, it was really nice, you know, coming down that escalator, and they all came. The basketball, the girls from our basketball camps had, like, a sign. It was really nice. So has your phone uh, stopped blowing up at this point, or is it still get? Are you still getting a lot of messages? <laughs> I'm definitely still getting a few messages, but not as crazy as obviously the day of. 
what was that like the day of? Um, just crazy, like friends and family uh, messaging me. I had uh, some teacher that was my like after school teacher in grade three somehow got a hold of me. Like it was, oh, wow. it was insane. Yeah, it was insane. <laughs> <laughs> so you're in your uh, fourth year with Carlton. Are you going to be uh, going back for the uh, try and go for the repeat? I'm not sure about that quite yet. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Uh, well, I really appreciate you coming on. And uh, once again, congratulations on winning the championship. Thank you so much. That was Elizabeth LeBlanc, a member of the Carlton Ravens championship team. Any thoughts on the podcast? Get in touch. You can find me on Twitter at Canada's Court or reach me by email at Canada's Court Podcast at gmail.com. And as always, if you could do a podcast, podcast a big favor and leave a rating and review, that would be much appreciated. That's all for this episode of Canada's Court. Thanks for listening.